Management of Radio One, its sponsors or advertisers. Fournir des armes pour tuer ton peuple. N'écoute pas, Afrique. Afrique Nanga Oyamba, toi cheveux crepus. Bah toi Mayele Bosimba Niba Bigé. Oya Bilanga Bosimba Niba Congo. Simba Niba Boko Mouna Le Kate O Afrika. Marobate, Mosalande. Africa, Mobali Mingao, Africa, Hatona Mosolo, Africa. Tu gâtes ton nom par-ci par-là. Quand c'était les blancs, quand les gros ont souffert, mais c'était mal de connaître. Les gros ont combattu pour arriver en black en black, devenu le stade de la guerre. And welcome to Congo Live, the authentic voice of the Congolese people in America. I'm your host, Patricia Lokwa, and with us in the studio today, we have Kambali Musavuli. It's been a long time since I came to the studio. How are you today? <laughs> Definitely. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm glad to be back in the studio with you, and I'm also excited to have our listeners who are listening from all across the world today. Um, we have the upcoming Congo in Harlem, which will be taking place on October 18th of this year. Are you going to yes, be there, Kambali? Yes, yes, yes. I'm excited about it. Actually, I'm going to be there for some uh, part of it, and I hope our listeners can go to Congo in harlem.org to see the amazing schedule that we have right now uh wonderful films such as elephant uh elephant's dream i'm looking forward to seeing that film and of course engaging in eating a little bit of congolese food and of course listen and dancing to congolese music and you forgot to mention uh we have congolove.org who is collaborating this year with Congo in Harlem and the Metropolitan Museum of Art and they're going to be selling some t-shirts some really good t-shirts uh, Congo Love shirts for those who want to donate, participate and also be a part of this huge movement happening across the world with Congo Week. We want to encourage you to go on the congolove.org page and purchase a $25 t-shirt and all the proceeds goes back towards um, the organization uh, We'll be getting our news today from Kambali Musavuli And uh, we'll be talking about the legend African musician Franco Luambo Macchiadi, a revolutionist when it comes to music. Uh, we'll examine how Luambo Macchiadi, a.k.a. Franco, pioneered and popularized rumba style in the 1950s, the 60s, the 70s, and the 80s. The African music giant, well known as Franco Luambo Macchiadi, was one of the most celebrated, innovative African musicians in the history of 20th, of the 20th century music in Africa. With a career that lasted more than four decades, Franco Luambo Macchiadi was truly bigger than life, uh, inspirational, revolutionary, and iconic throughout the continent. But before we do uh, talk about Franco and his revolution when it comes to music, let's hear a little bit about the news, uh, Kambale Musaudi. Definitely, and we want to give a great uh, congratulation to the Scanner News, uh, which has been giving news for 40 years here in the United States, Scanner, uh, the, the Scanner.com. Uh, they sent also a congratulation, actually. The team at Scanner News wanted to congratulate Friends of the Congo for 10 years of highlighting the stories of the Congo, the challenges and the tragedy that's taking place there and raising awareness around the situation in the Congo. Keep up the good work, Friends of the Congo. Um, 
outside of that, you know, I want to bring up, I uh, hope many of our listeners, were, uh, they were following uh, the Nobel Prize nominations uh, this year again. Uh, Dr. Mukwege um, was Dennis Mukwege of the Panzi Hospital in the Congo was nominated uh, to uh, get the Nobel Peace Prize. Unfortunately, he did not win, but I do believe in the heart of the Congolese, he has won so many awards. Uh, he represents a lot for us as uh, we see his uh, international recognition for the work that he's doing. Uh, specifically, uh, Dr. Mukwege has been doing work in the eastern part of Congo where he has treated um, some of the victims of the war, specifically the women who have suffered such atrocities such as uh, rape as a weapon of war, uh, but he's been at the f uh, front line of this battle and uh, because of his work he's being recognized. Uh, fortunately he didn't win but we know he will get it very soon. Our second news come from the Congolese community in um, Canada. Today they are actually having their grand banquet. Um, the organization organizing it is um, Organization of Congolese Professionals in Canada. Uh, every year they gather Congolese uh, from around the world to honor their work and what they're doing right in Montreal. So we want to give them a quick shout out for what they're doing right now. And uh, we hope we can join them next year uh, whenever they host again the gala to recognize Congolese. Congo in Harlem is coming up. We gave the website earlier. Congo Week is coming up. I'm excited about Congo Week. And lastly, it's kind of a sad news. We have lost um, four rangers uh yesterday um for, uh, in the park uh, we have a uh, congolese park rangers who have been protecting some of the, uh, of our uh, fauna the animals in our park um they were killed by poachers uh this morning and um, we send our condolences to the families and uh, we hope that uh, sharing this news is gonna help in more people knowing about the challenges that Congolese face from the war, but even from protecting uh, their fauna in the country. Kana kinga na yoi Ata kuna salima mbeo Ata kuna salima mbeo Oko kiko bota na mbali mosusu te idao Oko kiko bota na mbali mosusu te idao Ah, ida Toyo kana kinga na yoi Lokola na kemi kiri Simananga lokola yotikali Na ibike Isa sezali mboka batika kamwa site Sala attention Ya solo Mikolo to kaponi ezali mingi Okokita ngo mosusu kokani sangai Petango mosusu Na lobi bien Tango mosusu Okokipe kotrompe ngaida Kasi Kolingateo bota na mbali mosusu Titango na kozonga Ida Papanse nini yo Zwe ringa iboye Motema nini yo Kange ringa iboye Ida 
And welcome back to Congo Live. Uh, we have Kambale who's in the studio with us today. That was a soothing song. You heard that? Yes, uh, that was actually Ida by Franco Luambo Macchiati, one of his signature songs where you hear his powerful voice talking over music. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a master of social commentaries and satire and sarcasm. 
Luambo Makiadi, a.k.a. Franco, as we were just mentioning, sung mostly in Lingala, one of the four national languages of the Democratic Republic of Congo. He was bigger than life himself, and mm. he inspired generations and generations of style. And uh, when you come, when you listen to, like, for example, the rumba music, and no, better known as rumba odemba, did you know that? I did not know that. <laughs> he definitely pioneered and popularized um, rumba, and it was well known as OK Jazz in the 1950s, 1960s, 1970s, and as well the 1980s. You know, when I listen to his music, uh, it reminds me a lot of my childhood because my father used to listen to Franco every single day. That's an exaggeration, meaning that he listened to it a lot. So let's hear some more songs about Franco so I can get back to my childhood. I think many of us can relate to that. And welcome back to Congo Live on this beautiful Saturday as we're honoring Franco Luambo Macchiadi. Um, on this song, he was really well known for social commentaries. We were just talking about that. And this was a song where it's called No. Uh, 
And it's the first time a powerful man was rejected by a woman. And uh, he basically responds and saying, you know, how he's talking about how can this woman say no? Luambo Macchiati describes so well uh, how a woman makes up her mind and refuses to be a second wife to a very rich and powerful man. And uh, during this era, it was something that was un- unheard of. Motema Eboya Oyelinge. That's exactly what he was saying in the song. And it reminds us that, you know, as you say that he shares social commentaries, that he really sings about real stories that happened in his time. And most of these peoples that, uh, that he sang about were indeed the most powerful in the country, sometimes ministers, sometimes politicians uh, within the Congo. And he used to get himself in a lot of trouble in that time. However, he had a way of delivering these accounts in such a way that the concern didn't even know that he was actually thinking about him. Do you know how it used to be called? Uh, no, if you can share with me, I'm really interesting. What was it? Mbwakela. Mbwakela? Yes. Mario Mario
That was just uh, the song we were listening to is a clear example of Mbwakela, uh, the word I mentioned before we went on break. Uh, Mario, the song that we just listened to uh, by Franco, is a song about a gigolo uh, who has everything to succeed in life, such as university degrees and wealth and so on. But Mario has made it an, an easy choice to become a gigolo a trend that was starting to take place uh, mainly in, in the younger generation, younger men. So Franco used his music to expose that phenomenon. And this song actually is a very popular song by Franco. It's, uh, many Africans and people who listen to Rumba are familiar with Franco, specifically with the song called Mario. But let's take a, lo- a closer look at who Franco is, because our listeners are probably wondering, why are we discussing Franco today? Why are we listening to all these wonderful music? Franco, from his real name, François Luambo Machiadi, was an extraordinary guitarist, a band leader of the group uh, Oke Jazz. He was born in Sonabata in Bakongo in Ju- on July 6, 1938. Uh, he died in Brussels, uh, Belgium, on October 12. 1989 given the 12th is happening next week we felt proper to use today's show to commemorate his life and celebrate his music with our listener although born in sonabata in his mother town as i mentioned a moment ago he uh, grew up uh, in kinshasa leopoldville uh, the capital city back then was called leopoldville but at the death of his father uh, in 1949 that ended his formal education, and he started his uh, musical career right after the death of his, uh, of his father. His mother was selling fried cake in Wednesday, which is a local market in um, Congo. That's how we actually we call the local market. It's in Lingala, it's Wednesday. Um, while Franco was playing his guitar to bring customers to where his mother was actually working. In the evenings, Franco developed his musical skills with a slightly more experienced musician called Paul Dewayon Ebengo, who had a real guitar. So Franco, Dewayon, and several other beginners eventually formed a group called Watami 1950. That's actually something that was kind of interesting for me as I started learning more about Franco for this show about how young he was when he started learning music right in the market with um, other fellow musicians. They played at weddings, funerals, with the help of another of, of Franco's mentor, Albert Luampasi. And they recorded a couple of songs back then. In 1953, uh, Franco and the Wayon auditioned for a popular guitarist 
Henri Boane, who scouted out the talent for another studio called Loningisa. On Boane's recommendation, uh, the studio owner Basil Papadimitriou signed them as session players. So they started recording with other musicians in the studio, making the music. By employing musicians who were paid salaries, provided with instruments, and encouraged to innovate Loningisa. Something that you have to know about Congolese music is the introduction of the electri- uh, electric guitar. Uh, within the music, that's the distinct sound. And having access to the studio helped in uh, growing their talents uh, and their career working at Loningisa Studio. And through their work, they experienced many different launches of music. Uh, they had creativity in the sound. And of course, through that interaction, emerged multiple bands from Loningisa Studio, specifically. OK Jazz, Franco's um, band, which has popularized uh, rumba across the world, uh, the Congolese rumba specifically. Young and uneducated, Franco deferred to others in his group uh, when it came to the matter of organization and business. But on the stage, his youthful presence and guitar prowess attracted the spotlight. From almost the moment of his debut in 1956, OK Jazz, the group, that he started with his uh, colleagues became a hit band. With Franco's guitar, as our listener could hear, that distant electronic guitar sound, swift and sonorous sound at the forefront became the emblem, uh, the cachet, the etiquette of that band, OK Jazz. He wrote many of the band's best early songs and earned a sobriquet called Grand Maître, which is Grandmaster, or the sorcerer of the guitar. Franco is indeed Congo's best guitarist. Bamba makambwe, 
bandeko bosalindoki bomba kana motemao ekoruka matata bandeko bomba makambwe Likambo eboma mboka biloba loba. This song called Likambo Yangana. In this song, Franco sings about keeping it to yourself. Don't tell on others, gossip, and so on. It is wise to live life that way instead of minding other people's business. Well, with each change in the band's personal uh, personnel of Franco, by force of personality, virtuosity, and increasing seniority, Edge closer to the proposition of leadership. By 1967, he had become co-leader with vocalist Vicky Longamba, the father of Awilo Longamba. And when Vicky quit, perhaps pushed by Franco in 1970, Franco arrived at the top of his band. Under Franco's leadership, OK Jazz grew from small to big band and internationally they were recognized as one of the major forces of Central Africa. And improved in recording technology, his songs expanded to. He also grew closer to the country's president at the time, Mobutu Sese Seko. Franco had uh, campaigned for Mobutu's election in the 1970s, and when Mobutu launched his Authenticité program in 1971, changing the country's name to Zaire, and the adoption of authentic African names, Franco and Okejaz helped promote the campaign. Franco also headed a new mu- uh, musician union called Umuza. In 1974, he opened a Kinshasa nightclub called Un, Deux, Trois, which is one, two, three. Political connections and increasing wealth never appear to separate Franco from the ordinary citizens who were his fans. This is a particular trait for him, uh, as you see with many stars who um, become lost with um, wealth and forget to get back to the roots of their musical base. Franco never lost that. He was a keen observer of life in his country. He all came out through his songs and lyrics. Men were sometimes taken to task, but women more often bore the brunt of his satire. Several of his songs drove the government censors crazy over the years. Some created such an uproar that the authorities jailed Franco and most members of his band Okay Jazz for three weeks. <laughs> Et 
That was again Le Grand Maître Franco, one of the best, talented, legendary African Congolese artists worldwide. Le Grand Maître of African songs was presented with several awards around the world, a special Maracas d'Or, a Grammy-like award for Francophone Africa and Caribbean for the body of his work, including gold discs and several other national uh, medals and merits. Franco ranks among the great band leaders of the 20th century, regardless of the continent or country. Other musicians, uh, other musicians came and went, and some came back again. But Franco remained the musical, spiritual, and from the 1970s, the business anchor of OK Jazz. By most accounts, he was a good boss, who treated his musician fairly. He was an excellent guitarist, composer, and arranger, and an exceptional judge of talent. As well, Okejas grew and prospered under his direction and helped popularize the Congolese rumba far beyond the borders of Central Africa. With that, we are going to bring our guest to discuss with us the career of Franco. Definitely. We are going to be joined on the phone uh, by a world music executive, Ken Brown, uh, head of the Stir Music Amer- uh, Music America. Ken Brown is also the producer of a fantastic music set of Franco Luambo Macchiadi called Francophonique. Hi, Ken, and thank you for joining us today. Hi, uh, you're welcome, and thank you for inviting me. <laughs> well, we're always honored to have uh, people who have a love for Congo, and especially to have you on the phone as we're talking about uh, Franco. So, what? How, uh, my, my question I would like to know is, how did you get involved with Franco and the Francophonique, um, the whole aspect of creating that album? Well, I, I guess it, it, it the real origin for that was when I first uh, heard Franco's music, um, and uh, that was when I had first moved to New York in uh, the late 1970s, and I discovered the Columbia University radio station in New York, which uh, had at that time uh, a weekly program of African music, which is still being aired every week. I think it must be the longest-running African music program in the United States. Uh, and of course, uh, as an African music radio program, it had to play Franco just about every show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, that was my introduction to Franco, and I, I loved the sound. It was very difficult, practically impossible to find Franco's records uh, in the U.S. at that time. But um, 
within a few years, um, you could find, if you went to the right record stores, you could find some imports from France. Uh, and uh, around 1983 or 84, uh, uh, you could also find uh, domestically released reissues of a couple of his albums. Uh, so, of course, I bought everything I could find. And uh, a few years later, I happened to go to what was then called Zaire. I lived uh, in Zaire for three years and, of course, was surrounded uh, by, uh, by the music, the popular music as well as the traditional music. And uh, Franco was uh, an ever-present uh, sound uh, almost everywhere that I went in the country. In fact, the first music I heard on landing in Kinshasa was the the current uh, hit, big hit uh, by by Franco, uh, uh, La, La Vie des Hommes wow. uh, from 1986, and and um, th that song just fascinated me. Uh, and so as soon as I could find a, uh, a copy of that, of course, at that time, uh, the only format for recorded music in the country was cassettes. And so I bought a cassette of that uh, that had that song and the other songs from the same album uh, and listened to that uh, over and over. And when I came back to the States, a few years later, I joined uh, Stern's Music, which already had been producing African music for the international audience for uh, quite a few years, for about 10 years at that time. And they had worked with Franco. They had reissued uh, one or two of his albums uh, from the, the, uh, the 1980s. And so it was always my hope that, especially after Franco's death, uh, that, we could, uh, that we could do a retrospective uh, of of his career, his long career, um, and put uh, just the, the the best of his recordings from the very beginning to the very end together into um, uh, several albums. Because of course, one album would be too short to mm -hmm. to um, represent his whole career. He did he he was active for so many years, more than thirty years and had recorded so much music that um, to do a truly representative retrospective, you would need, uh, we, we figured, a minimum of four CDs. And it seemed like an impossible uh, task because um, after, after his death, uh, the rights to his music uh, became very complicated. Uh, there were all kinds of claims uh, to uh, this recording or that recording, whether by members of uh, TPOK Jazz, the, the, the songwriters themselves, producers, various record labels that had released some uh, things either with licenses or sometimes uh, illegally, uh, and, um, and then members of the family, uh, Franco's uh, children and, and um, wife, were also involved in, in these very complicated um, claims to, to the rights. Uh, and we thought this will never happen because it will be, just be impossible to get 
everyone's permission and everyone's consent to uh, to use the the music that we wanted to include. Mm-hmm. And so, even though I had had um, assembled, I, I had had um, drawn up a list of the of the songs from 1954 through to uh, the last year of his life. 1989. Uh, I, ha- I had this list that I wanted to to uh, to make into a retrospective, but I had to put it aside and mm. just wait for things to be sorted out. So and that took ten years. Ten years passed before wow. we finally uh, were able to do that. And the way that it happened was that before that, I did a retrospective of Taboulet Rocherot, who was Franco's friend, sometimes collaborator, and sometimes rival. Quick Uh, quick question for you, for our listeners. Um, Now that you have uh, gotten uh, full disclosure, I have Francophonique 1 et 2, um, (laughs) how can our listeners get a copy of this collectible music set? Well, you have to act fast if you (laughs) want to get the CDs, because... um, in 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 the the way things are in the music business uh CDs are disappearing and it's no longer um feasible it's no longer financially feasible to reprint uh CDs once they have been sold at, at the original printing has been sold out now we've actually done two printings of each of the two um, uh, sets. There, it, it, there's a, a, a volume one, which is two CDs, and volume two, two CDs. We've done two printings of, of them both uh, since they were released in, uh, well, the first one came out in, in, in uh, 2009 and the second the following year. Um, but those, the second printing is almost all gone. And when it's gone, it won't be coming back. I'm sorry to say. I wish so much that that the situation that, that that the economy would allow us to to print a third edition, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. But if uh, if 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 listeners are interested, they're still available. They're available in record stores. They're available from Amazon. Uh, yeah. You can still get them, and I uh, hope very much that people will do that. But once they're gone, they will still be available. Uh, as uh, as downloads, um, and I hope that people will will, will find the, the 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 online music retailers that that carry them in good quality, and uh, will 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 be able to will enable them uh, for um, for a price um, to to download those. Okay, so often um, Franco has been compared to. Uh, Jimi Hendrix as the Jimi Hendrix of Africa. What type of uh, what song from Franco has fascinated you as uh, Jimi Hendrix has fascinated the world? Well, it, 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 if, if you're going to compare him to Jimi Hendrix, um, I mean the first thing that comes to mind when anyone says Jimi Hendrix is this uh, very flashy guitar style. Yeah, and I would say that Franco did not. Franco did not have a, a, a flashy guitar style. He had a very distinct guitar style that has been imitated by many Congolese guitarists. But 
let's remember that Franco always had several guitarists in his band. Even from the very early days, there were always at least two guitarists. And very often, the other guitarist was just as good a guitarist as Franco. And in the later years, especially after, let's say, around 1970, uh, up until the, the end, he often had four guitarists in his band and 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 when he when his band there was a period in the 1980s when one band he had a band in Kinshasa and a band in Brussels they were both called TPOK Jazz and he played with both yeah. but he was so successful that he was able to have two bands on two different continents and they both had excellent guitarists and what we hear when we listen to Franco's music, especially from the 1970s and the 1980s, we hear many guitar parts. One of them is Franco's, but then there are always other guitarists. Uh, uh, you know, Papa Noel, Dizzy right. Manjeku, uh, you, you know, I, and we could go on and on. He, always, he, he was a great, um, he had a great sense of of um, recognizing talent, and he uh, always chose the best guitarists. Often they were very young, and he often uh, trained them, but some of them were actually uh, about his age when they joined. Uh, Papa Noel, for example, who who joined in the the, the mid-1970s, was already well-known as a guitarist, but uh, he was, of course, uh, um, honored to to join TPOK Jazz, so he already had a, de- a developed style. But many of the of the young guitarists learned from Franco, and so they were able to play in his style to the point that when you listen to the records, you're not always sure if that's Franco playing the guitar or one of his students, yeah. because they 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 were so good at at uh, matching his style. I had a, a question that I wanted to ask you. You mentioned that you heard Franco prior to you going to uh, Zaire. That's what it was called back then. Uh, when you first heard Franco, there was something about his music that fascinated you. Going into Kinshasa or going into the Congo, were you able to find some of the different influences that you could hear in his music within the culture of Congo? Well, if you're talking about uh, the traditional culture, um, you know, I I, I spent most of my time in Equator region, Mm -hmm. which um, uh, is, 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 you know, there are differences uh, throughout the different regions of of, of what is a very big country. Mm -hmm. Um, And Franco uh, was uh, a a Congo. from from uh, what was then called Bazaire, Ba Congo, mm-hmm. um, but I did actually um, have have the opportunity to to visit a few uh, small villages in Bazaire and hear traditional music, and you can definitely hear some of the same rhythms and some of the same ways that that notes are are put into a pattern, mm-hmm. whether the instrument is a, a, a stringed instrument or um, uh, an instrument like a xylophone, mm-hmm. or uh, uh, what, what they call a thumb piano, likembe. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so you, you, you definitely hear the traditional uh, sounds coming out in Franco's music, and that's true of of, of all Congolese popular music. It's uh, you know, it, despite the very uh, strong influence of Cuban music, mm-hmm. uh, and I can talk about that a little bit more in a minute. Um, there was there's a, you know, it it didn't come out of nowhere. It came out of the the country uh, uh, that that we we know as Congo. Uh, and uh, some of the of the rhythms and uh, song styles are are very traditional and very old. And uh, Franco, if you listen to to Franco's music from the very beginning to the very end, he always included some songs in Kikongo. Yes, um, absolutely. And in fact, his his mother's own dialect of Kikongo, uh, and I'm afraid I can't think of the name of that. Lubangi would know if Lubangi is there or he's uh <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's listening. Phone. He's listening in. Um but um so so you know he 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 would sometimes sing in songs that that most Congolese would not understand. Uh and yet I'm sure they were they, they still had the, the the power of the music uh to that that people would feel. Um as we get closer, actually, to the end, I wanted to kind of uh, talk a little bit more about the Cuban and Latino um, influence in the music. What distinguished his music that it made it to rumba? Because I know that there was a period where when you listened to uh, Congolese music, we had our own distinct style. And here comes Franco with uh, when you're thinking of, when you're speaking of all these different instruments and you hear a lot of the Latino influence. What what is it about um, Cuban music or what kind of genre of Cuban mu- music really influenced the rumba? Well, I think it, I think it's it's critical to to recognize that Cuban music uh, has a very important Congolese root, mm-hmm. because after all, the the people of uh, of Cuba, by and large, I mean there are people there were Europeans in Cuba, there were Africans from West Africa, but the majority of the people uh, of Cuba had originally come from the Congo region, Congo and Angola, uh, because the largest number of, of, uh, uh, of people that were enslaved in Africa and taken to the Americas came from the Congo-Angola region. And um, that was especially true in Cuba. Cuba had, had the, the highest um, concentration of, of, uh, of Congolese and Angolans uh, of, of all the, the different countries uh, of, of uh, North and South America and the, the Caribbean islands. And those, that Congolese origin was remained very strong in, in Cuban music. And so the Cuban styles that everyone is familiar with, rumba, mambo, cha-cha-cha, uh, son, wajira, you hear... Um, in some styles more than in others, but but in all of them you can hear their African roots, but more particularly their Congolese roots. Yeah. And so when Cuban records, modern, uh, the modern Cuban styles that I've just named, when those records were sold around the world, including in in uh, throughout Africa, um, they immediately became very popular. Uh, in Africa, because people recognized that this was their own music mm-hmm. being played 
by people across the ocean with different instruments, singing in a different language, but nonetheless with very recognizable elements of their own traditional music. And I think that's what accounts for the great popularity of Cuban music in the Congo. And it was very, then just very natural as, um, as, as, as cities developed, cities like Leopoldville, or what we now call Kinshasa, mm-hmm. and other cities, Brazzaville, um, and uh, electricity uh, was, was uh, uh, made available so that, that uh, it was possible to record music and to play music back. And uh, uh, the, the, the modern styles that were being developed in those cities took from that Cuban style that, that was so popular, but that was just sort of a reclamation of their own traditional music, but making it popular, and also making it a little different from yeah. Cuban music. Mm-hmm. Not only uh, in that it wasn't sung in Spanish, it was sung in Lingala mostly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, there, and there were other differences that made it distinctly Congolese. And that, you know, that continues to this day. You can, you can see step by step a development from the very strongly Cuban influenced uh, sounds. And Franco wasn't alone in that, of course, you know, uh, uh, Joseph Cabasele, Le Grand Calais, yes. and, uh, 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 you know, Taboule and, and um, Dr. Nico, uh, all of you know all of the great Congolese music musicians. Um, they all they all were influenced by Cuban music, but they all reclaimed that sound as Congolese and then developed it, made it something new. So Ken, two minutes. We have, we have about two minutes left. I wanted to know which song by Franco is your fav- most um, f- your favorite, favorite song. song. Oh, that's a very difficult. Yeah, so many. Oh boy! Uh, you ooh. you can only pick one. Well, why don't, <laughs> let's give him three because we we have a large variety. So, what are your top three? If you want to recommend to somebody to listen, what are the top three you would say? You know what? You got to listen to this for our listeners. Okay. Well, let me choose one that's fairly early. Okay. And then one that's that's more recent. Okay. Um, and I, I I hope you you will have these. Um, but um, let's say from from like the mid seventies. Uh, I'm sorry, the mid sixties. Um, there's a song called Bazonzele Mama Ana. Okay. And um, from from uh, the late sixties, I love uh, a, a, a song called Infidelite Mado. And then from the the, the mid seventies, mm-hmm. uh, Liberté. Liberté. Well, that's a great way to uh, end the show, Liberté. And thank you so much for joining us today on Congo Live. We look forward to having you again on the show as we learn more about Franco and future shows and just about the Congo in general. And uh, it was a great honor to have you on our show today. My pleasure. Thank you very much for inviting me. Thank you. Thank you. So we definitely want to also thank our producer Lubangi Munyanya Tabulu Tabilulu Production uh, for continuing to Give put us together an amazing amazing show, show every every you, Saturday. <laughs> Shay, our Congo Live engineer, thank you also to keeping the songs and the production of the show going. 
to all of our listeners from the United States, and Africa, France, and Europe, and Canada. Canada, and the Congo. And the Congo. We thank you for listening to us every week. And you, we won't be able to do this if you are not listening. So thank you for joining us every Saturday. Until next time. <laughs> Atandele